ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. We're continuing our study in Titus 2 today. So I have Denise Palmer with me. Denise, thanks for joining again. Oh, thank you for having me. We always have so much fun. We do. (laughs) So much fun that as we kind of come towards the end of working our way through these, I'm like, no, we can't be done yet. I know. I know. I feel the same way. Oh, and we have, we've been working through this Titus study now, goodness, for months and months as we've been coming throughout this year. Our first episode, looking at an overview of the whole book, and then we talked about the aged women, the different characteristics that that define their lives. Then we've just been working our way through what they are to be teaching the younger women, um, that they are to be sober, to love their husbands, love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home. Good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So today's episode brings us to the conversation talking about this word, good. And this is one that I handed over to Denise to let her study a little more because I was like, good. You know, we you you just mentioned we were talking beforehand. We use this word so much in our vocabulary. What does good actually mean? Because that's a good question. So what did the Lord show you as you mind out? Oh my. What are we supposed to learn out of this one little word? I know, this little four-letter word that we use so often, and it's just, it's everywhere. And I just, I thought at first, this is going to be easy, right? And all of these verses were coming to my mind with the word good in it, thinking The scripture tells me here that I am an older woman, and I am supposed to be a teacher of good things. I'm thinking, oh, wow, there's all kinds of good things in the Bible. We can start with the Ten Commandments, you know, Mm -hmm. good things. And then it goes on to say um, that I am to teach the younger women to be good. And so um, then I got to thinking about the verses, especially like in Psalms, Psalm 53 and Psalm 14, where... um, the scripture says that every one of them is gone back. They are altogether become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And then also in the gospel, um, gospel uh, books, Jesus said unto them, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. So I'm thinking, all right, what am I supposed to do if there's no one good but God and I'm supposed to be a teacher of good things and teaching younger um, women how to be good? This is just a plug for good Bible study, mm-hmm. digging in, um, diving in and parsing out what the meaning of words are, um, to examine the context in which they are written, and just to pray for the Holy Spirit to teach us and to lead us into all truth. And that's what I had to do. So as we've done with all of the other um episodes, we have gone into the Greek or the Hebrew and looked at the definitions of these words. And I did the same thing here with good. And of course, when I looked up the word good in the King James Bible, 778 times. That's a lot. (laughs) The word good is used. Okay. So then New Testament, um, the Greek word for good. And there's a 
a Hebrew word for good because this word is used translated in the Old Testament as well in Hebrew. So I'll spare you my hillbilly Hebrew. <laughs> And I'll just torture you with my Greek, my hillbilly Greek. And it, uh, the word for good is agathos. And it is what is used in the New Testament. And there are 13 different forms and 13 different or different transliterations of this word. And so it was just like, okay, what does this word mean? And and I'll put um, just a little parenthesis here that it's sometimes translated as kind. All right. So this word good, inherently good as a believer, um, describes what originates from God and is empowered by Him in their life through faith. So good is something, and if you think about it, that makes sense, right? There's no one good but God. And when God comes and dwells within us, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, we can only be good with the help of the Holy Spirit. The good that um, the scripture speaks of, the good according to God, not the world's definition of good, because the world calls a lot of things good that are not good according to scripture. Mm -hmm. So that made sense. Um, but then I was kept continued looking on, and this word can be predicated of persons, things, conditions, qualities, affections of the souls, deeds, times, seasons. So yeah, we use this word. He's a good person. That's a good thing. That's a good condition. Uh, that's a good season. That's a good time. We use that word often. So in English and in Greek, it is used very, it's just used often. The Strong's Concordance says that the word good is the widest and the most colorless of all words with this meaning. And I just chuckled when I read that because it is widely used yes. and it is pretty colorless. So instead of saying good soil, a better word might be fertile soil. Mm -hmm. Or instead of a good person, an honorable person, or um, instead of a good tree, a fruitful tree, or a fruitful season, or mm -hmm. something like that. So it is a very wide and colorless word. And um, so anyway, I had to continue, continue on. Yes. And um, so I looked at this particular word used here in Titus, and it is agathos, T-H-A-S, instead of thos, T-H-O-S. And that word, agathos, is only used two places in the New Testament, here in Titus, but also in 1 Peter 3.10. And when you look at 1 Peter 3, and you read the first nine verses, you see that the language is similar to what we see here in Titus. Mm -hmm. um, you see um, subjection to your own husbands in Peter, uh, and we have here in Titus um, to obedient to their own husbands. Mm -hmm. We see the word chase in um, in Peter and also in Titus. We see holy women in both, um, teachers of good things. These older women are to be in behavior that becometh holiness. Mm -hmm. And then Peter talks about holy women. So, and it's also talking about this relationship between a husband and a wife and a children, this relationship that we call family. Mm -hmm. And Titus is speaking of the same, um, the same relationship, older women teaching younger women in this relationship of family with their husbands and, and their children. But then when we get down to verse 10, this is actually quoting or referencing Psalm 34, but verse 10 says, For he that will love life 
and see good days, that word good, agathos, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that speak no guile. Okay, so good days, that word agathos is used to describe days. And in Titus, it's used for an older woman to teach a younger woman to be good. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of parse or kind of parse that out. That's just a little insight into the study or how I came about what we're actually going to be talking about today. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's a connection there. What we see in verse 10 of 1 Peter 3, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. So in order to have these good days, Agathos stays, in order to, for me as an older woman, to teach a younger woman to be good, Agathos, I think we have to t- look at the tongue. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when you go back and you look at that word that's used for teacher of good things, it's, um, it's a, one word. So sort of like a biologist teaches biology. Biologist is one word, but that's a teacher of biology. Mm-hmm. So if you want to say <laughs> older women are supposed to be good thingology, good thingologist. <laughs> good thingologists. <laughs> yes, that's what, what that's like. Yeah. So me, as a teacher of good things, teaching younger women to be good, I think that could be... A lot of things, there's a lot of good things, but I think with this particular derivative of this word, God's really wanting us to look at our tongue mm-hmm. and our speech. And um, in order for us to see good days, our tongue needs to be refrained from evil, and our lips do not need to speak guile. And so in thinking of, in this way, and, and remembering also that this word could be translated as kind, I think we need to ask ourselves the question, who's the recipient of our speech and who do we need to be showing kindness to? And in First Peter and in Titus, it's this family relationship. Mm-hmm. It's the husband, the children, and of course, I'm, we'll throw in others there because we have others in our circle of influence, but particularly our family, our husbands and our children. So I just simply ask that question, um, how do I speak to my husband? How do I speak to my children? How do I speak to others? Mm-hmm. And so um, I can take us over to Proverbs 31 which, you know, we, we look at that as the virtuous woman, and we take, um, we take counsel from that scripture. And verse 26 tells us that she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. And so there's that connection with kindness mm-hmm. or good and the tongue uh, in this Proverbs 31 scripture, the virtuous woman. And that the first... Um, Verses 11 through 25 there in Proverbs 31 speaks of all these wonderful traits of the character of a virtuous woman, but this verse 26 really puts things in perspective. Mm -hmm. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. And I read in reading and kind of researching and um, just really asking God to teach me what this meant and, and how to apply this to my own life. Um, I read that someone said, and I can't give you um, the author who said this, but the law of kindness cannot be on the tongue unless the law of love is in their heart. 
And that's exactly what we said earlier. Unless the Holy Spirit dwells mm-hmm. within us, there's no one good except for God. Unless God, the Holy Spirit, dwells within us, there cannot be any law of kindness come out of us. Mm-hmm. And so um, this law of kindness is a kindness toward men, other mm-hmm. people, and um, the kindness of God which we mentioned in a definition earlier, being inerrant or intrinsic. It's in us. Mm -hmm. It's only there because God dwells within us. So um, anyways, asking this question, how am I being kind in my family? Mm -hmm. How am I, I, does my husband receive the best of me? Do my children, do my family receive the best of my speech, of my kindness? And yes, kindness can be, um, in action, but let's just particularly talk about speech. Um, I think that's a convicting one because so often we put on our best face and give kindness to those outside of our home, mm-hmm. but bring it back to home, and they tend the people that we love the most tend to kind of get yes. the worst of us. Yes, and you're you're exactly right. You know when we and I was so convicted by this, <laughs> um, so convicted. So it was really good that God led me down this path. Um, but we, the virtuous woman and we work, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not like a, a nine to five job, but we work outside of our home in ministry mm-hmm. or, um, um, you know, I'm, I have been running for a political office mm-hmm. and I talk to a lot of people. And so, you know, it's always that best foot forward, yes. that smiling face. Um, if you're involved in any kind of ministry or anything in your community, you're always smiling and you're putting your best foot forward mm-hmm. and um, and talking to people. And that can be draining mm-hmm. and can be exhausting. And sometimes you run into people, you can just be going to the grocery store and run into rude or ugly people. And you can become frustrated or angry, just tired, mm-hmm. Um maybe fearful, sometimes just reading the news, um, listening to what's going on in our world, that becomes troubling to us and mm-hmm. fearful. And in how we respond when we have those emotions, sometimes it's not always kind. And so we might be kind to that that person that's been rude to us or that uh, that person that, you know, I'm talking to about issues or um, whatever. And then when we get home, we're like, oh, can relax. Yes. I don't have to I don't have makeup on. My hair's all a mess. <laughs> you know, we're just really ourselves. Let the guard down. Let the yes. guard down exactly. And then our husband asks a question like, "Hey honey, where's the mayonnaise?" And you're like, "It's a 3-foot cube." <laughs> and it's in there somewhere. And you're asking me where the mayonnaise is. It's where or, it always is, sweetheart. Exactly. You grabbed it yesterday. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or you walk by the bathroom and the dirty clothes are on top of the hamper mm-hmm. instead of in the hamper. And or they just, you know, they're just conversating and you're just tired. And how do you respond? What comes out of your mouth? Is it kindness? And I was so convicted mm-hmm. by that because so often it's not kindness that comes out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's um, kind of a jab or it's kind of um, malicious, mm-hmm. you know. And so God really, really um, convicted me of this during this study. And for that, I'm I'm grateful. I'm mm-hmm. thankful. And I, you know, I mentioned it to my husband. I apologized for being so um, rude at times and mm-hmm. ugly and that I was really 
going to work on that because I, I come home and I'm exhausted or whatever, and I'm not kind to my husband. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thankful for what he is doing yes. in me through this Titus 2 study mm-hmm. as well. So anyway, we also can look at um, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, and goodness is one of the fruits of the Spirit, which can also be translated kindness. And um, so it's not just an attitude. We can. It's not this fake it till you make it mm-hmm. attitude, like gritting your teeth and trying to act like you're kind when inside of you. It's not, but mm-hmm. it is a fruit that is produced within us mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit comes within us to dwell and live. And as we journey through this sanctification journey, as we travel along, as we are trusting God, obeying God, and letting Him do His perfect work within us, it is a fruit that is produced within us, this goodness, this kindness. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's really important. And we can pray and ask God to help us really be kinder. If we see that that's a weakness in us, we can ask God to to be ki- to help us to be kinder um, in our in our home, um, maybe maybe it's the opposite. Maybe we're kind at home and we're ugly to others. That's not that's not the way God intended mm-hmm. for it to be either. So um, the other group of people um, that we you know talked about being kind to that I think that Titus is as an older woman that God is telling me through Titus to teach the younger women to be good or to be kind is to their children. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, well, I love my children. It's very easy to be kind. And sometimes I'm kinder to my children than I am my husband. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you, God has just really convicted me so much of that. Um, but sometimes we're not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're just tired and you're a new mom. Oh, yeah. I have to ask for their forgiveness multiple times yes, a day. Because- yes. Because it's hard. It's hard when your flesh is so weak that we need to be um, kind and showing this kindness to Mm -hmm. our children because we're training them. Yes. Well, I think that's something the Lord's been convicting me about in my own motherhood recently is, you know, we're working on especially being kind to siblings. How are you responding in situations? How are you treating them? We're to love them. We're to be kind to them. And then, you know, I'm trying to teach them this truth and get the correct responses out of them. But then I get this mirror turned on myself and I'm like, oh, wow, well, I'm acting like the two-year-old over here, you know, with with Simeon or with my children. And just remembering that I have to model this for them. I have to show them what it looks like to be like Jesus. And what does my instruction, what does my teaching, what weight does that hold if... My actions and my reactions are counterintuitive to what I'm trying to teach them. Right, right. And what you're teaching them in your home as they grow, that's how they're going to treat mm-hmm. others outside of the home or even how they're going to treat their own family when they are married and they have children. Uh, we're teaching our daughters how to be wives, mm-hmm. we're teaching our daughters how to be girlfriends, um, we're teaching our sons. You know what a wife looks like, and if that is a wrong picture, um, then they're they're not going to be successful in their own family, in mm-hmm. their own marriage, in their own um, you know fatherhood. Yeah. 
or being a husband. And so we are training our children, you know, for good days in our own home, in our own family, but we're training them for the future also because we we want this to be duplicated for generation after generation. Mm -hmm. And these are God's words. And this is God's way, God's order for things, which we, in the yes. beginning, we, we started out, Titus is setting things in order, and we can look around the world and see that things are not in order. Mm -hmm. And so, in a essence, through this podcast, we're hoping to use God's Word to help set things in order, mm -hmm. where our own children are learning an order mm -hmm. to things, God's order, or no order at all. Mm -hmm. So um, we have to be teaching this to our children for the next generation and the generation after that. Um, I just thought we're, there's such a void in our world in this right now. The family is just mm -hmm. has been decimated by the enemy. And I heard a statistic just this week um, of a, a high school close to where I live that out of the seniors that graduated this year, 46% do not live with either biological parent. That's almost half. Half of our graduating seniors, almost half of our graduating seniors, do not live with either one, the mother or the father. So where are they learning how to be a family, how to be a mother, how to be a father? Where is the order for them? Where is God's order for them? 46% of those seniors probably did not get that. Mm -hmm. And so um, they're going to start having children, and they may or may not get married. Cohabitation mm -hmm. is a big thing right now. And um, so there's just a breakdown. Things are not in God's order. So we have to teach God's Word within our family, and we have to model it. Uh, with our husband and with our children. And I'm so glad that the Lord led you to taking good and really applying it to our speech and this kind speech, thinking about that, because, you know, there's the saying, sticks and stones will break our bones, but words will never hurt us. But that's so untrue. Words have such a weight that, yes. and, and God talks about the tongue again and again, how that we can build up, we can edify, or we can quickly tear down and destroy. We were at the park recently. And I don't give this illustration at all to act like, oh, I'm the perfect mom that always says the kind words, because often I lash out in anger or say sure. things that I shouldn't. But there was this mom there beside me, and she had just little ones, my kids' age, you know, toddlers mm -hmm. and down. And the whole time, she just was yelling at them, angry words, even curse words, um, just yelling at these And you could see in the little ones' faces, just, you could see them shutting down. And I sat there almost wanting to cry. I mean, one, like I said, I was convicted. And just a reminder, how am I speaking to my kids? You know, what is somebody observing when they look at me interacting with my children? Mm -hmm. um, but just the reality that the weight that our words have over over everybody, but as mothers with our children and our little ones, you know, we can we can encourage them. We can build them up. We can lead them um, with our words in, in Christ-likeness. Or we can so quickly just shut down their little hearts and and tune them out to where they would not have our, you know, we wouldn't have their ear to then later come back and speak truth because they've already just shut that out. And right. that was just such a powerful reminder to me that I need to always 
Right. Be thinking, be on guard with how I'm using my words. Are they kind, especially to my children? Well, the power, what is it? The power of the tongue is life or death. Mm-hmm. So we can speak life or we can yes. speak death. We can murder with our tongue, mm-hmm. murder people's reputations. We can, um, you know, murder their spirit or their their will, as you're talking mm-hmm. about there. Um or we can speak life. We can encourage. We can edify. We can build up. We can um, speak life and and hope. Give mm-hmm. them hope. And um, so the tongue, this tiny little member of our body, is so powerful. And I've heard teachings on the tongue as well. Um, it's a little bit harder to apply it than mm-hmm. to listen to it, but. Um, we have got to exercise this. We have got to do this within our own family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God sums it up in, in the um, greatest commandment that we are to love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, and mind. Mm-hmm. That's the first greatest commandment. But the second one is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you love someone in, in this, this Christ love, being indwelled with the Holy Spirit, going back to all that study we did with sober, and we began our journey with the word sober, mm-hmm. and going through all of these um, these different things in this Titus to these different words, these different commands that older women are to teach the younger women. They're all connected. Mm-hmm. They all build. It's all, you know, love your husband, love your children. It's all about the family. It all begins with God. And it begins with our love for Him and our love for others. And the first others in our life is our family, our husband and our children. And so, but then we have this third group of people that are in our circle of influence. Um, Maybe our neighbors, maybe they're not in a close circle, you know, they're not in our inner circle, Mm -hmm. but we have contact with them, connections with them. Could be neighbors, it could be. Um, familiar people at church or at a a park or whatever. And um, we are to be kind to them as well because we have this tongue and it has the power to give life. And there is nothing more life-giving than the gospel message, the good news, Mm -hmm. good, you know. And so we are to speak those words, God's words, to everyone mm-hmm. and 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 give them hope give them a reason for our hope and give them the gospel message and um and make sure that they know that and then and once they are a believer once they are in the family of God um they're still suffering they're still living in a fallen world they still have this uh, fleshly robe that's sinful. They're they're doing battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. They need words of encouragement, edification, and so the ones around us. Um, and I'll just speak real quickly because I know we need to finish up here. But we cloak a lot of things. Um, a lot of our words are really gossip. Okay, I we really as women. With gossip, and I have a definition here that gossip is to discuss the affairs of others, concentrating on their faults and weaknesses and the consequences. And gossip can certainly be a habit. Mm -hmm. So, gossip would be an example of how the power of the tongue can bring death. 
And uh, we need to be very careful in our prayer requests or the things that we learn about uh, family or friends or even someone in our close um, circle of friends or our outer circle of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be re- really careful about the things that we hear, that we don't repeat those things just to bring emphasis or awareness to their faults or to their weaknesses, but that we speak, we use our tongue to speak edification Mm -hmm. and encouragement and good things. Um, We need to make sure that they know the gospel message, that they need to know who Jesus Christ is, that he is their Savior is a savior and can be their savior. We need to make sure about all of those things. We can use our tongue for life or we can use it for death. And um, studying this, it was really convicting to me. I want to use my tongue for life. Mm -hmm. For my husband, who I know he has salvation, I know he is um, a believer and that the Lord is his savior and his Lord. And um, But I need to encourage him and edify him. My children, the same thing. Mm -hmm. Others in my circle of influence, I need to treat them with kindness. And this law of kindness should always be on my tongue. Mm -hmm. And um, so this was very convicting, this little word good. Who would have thought so much was packed into good? I know, I know. I hope that it was as much a blessing for the listeners as it was for me. It was very powerful, very convicting, and just really challenged me to do better mm-hmm. and to do better instead of good. Yes. And it's a teacher of good things, but also teaching um, younger women to be good. Mm-hmm. And I believe that encompasses kindness of speech. Yes. That was a good reminder, <laughs> too, for me. You know, as we read through these verses here, you know, we at first glance, you know what love your husband means. Now, there's more we can dig from that as we study, but sure. surface knowledge, we get that. We get love your children. We get, you know, even some of the tougher words, maybe like discreet or chaste. But then, you know, when I come to good, I'm like, well, I'm just going to quickly breeze over that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but realizing that God has every word there for a reason and all that you have mined out from your study in this, mm-hmm. that we just, we need to find all that God has for us sure. as we study. And so this was definitely convicting in my life as I'm just... It's exciting. It it's is. It's an exciting journey to yeah. study God's Word, and I encourage all of your listeners, spend time in mm-hmm. His Word, just spend time with Him, and He will show you the riches of heaven. Yes. Well, do you mind to close out this episode I sure will. Father, I thank you so much for your Word and for how you can change us from the inside out with the washing of your Word. And I thank you that we have... Um, the freedom to study your word, and that you give us the Holy Spirit in order to understand your words. So, Father, I pray that what was spoken today would be sunk deep within our hearts, that we would apply these truths to our lives, and that we that you would convict us of those things that are wrong, that are displeasing in your sight, and that you would enable us to live a life that is pleasing to you. Father, thank you for this opportunity and for your Son, Jesus Christ, and it's in His name we pray. Amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.